everyone this is Catherine with my dead dragon as always I am so grateful to you for tuning in and so grateful for the messages that you send me so keep them coming keep them coming that totally feeds my soul and today I'm in conversation with Heidi Esther and Heidi is a storyteller writer poet big feeler oh my god can I relate to that or what Midwestern mama and spoiler of all dogs Mm, especially her chestnut-eyed olive she guides fellow soul searchers to greater joy and authenticity with relatable true stories playful printables empowering conversations and mindfulness tools she resides in central illinois with her prankster wife two eye-rolling teenagers and two spoiled dogs when she doesn't have her head in the clouds or a motivational book she can be found trying to teach her children the virtues of meditation making sourdough pancakes or growing parsley for caterpillars are you ready to take a journey to your joyfully ever after then Heidi Esther, your new best non-preachy mom friend, is here to walk with you. Every week you'll get an encouraging message, true story, printable, or conversation to give you a practical, playful, and mindful steps to your joyfully ever after. And Heidi has uh, put together a jumpstart guide on her website that you can find in the show notes. And so Heidi welcome welcome i'm so yeah, i'm so excited for this conversation we were we were kind of chatting a bit in the pre-show and so can you start us off with telling telling me about your dead dragon or in your case your dead jabberwocky yes well Catherine. first i just want to say what an honor it is and a privilege here to hold space with you and to have conversation it's just it's so lovely so thank you so much Mm, it's my pleasure. Uh, so, um, my dad, Jabberwocky, well, actually, I probably have many. Um, and if you don't know, Jabberwocky is an Alice in Wonderland reference. And I went through a period in my life about a dozen years ago when I felt like Alice. Mm. I woke up to self-awareness but what i woke up to was being an isolated stay-at-home mom who was just trying to do everything and not just do everything but be everything for everyone Mm. and to be perfect at it um i didn't have like the full awareness but what i did know is as I was taking pictures for my kids, like monthly slideshow for, you know, extended family members or, uh, you know, scrubbing, scrubbing out the, you know, the silverware drawer for the, you know, second time that month, I would, I would have these moments when I would pause and I would say, am I happy? Mm. Is, is this it? Mm. And it didn't, I didn't quite fully, fully wake up. I had a successful husband. I had a big suburban white picket fence, American dream house. I volunteered in the community. I was, uh, I shuttled my kids to like all sorts of little play groups. I was doing all the things Mm. all the boxes to check off, to get to that, to that happy, to that success, to that fulfillment. And there was a series of incidents with my three-year-old son 
And my husband at the time, when he physically would leave him in the middle of a store because he wasn't behaving himself. Mm. And the first time that he did that, I couldn't say anything. Mm. I couldn't. And being a people, being people pleaser, right? Someone, a me for you, a doormat. I just wanted to maintain that peace, right? Maintain that happy. And I just dug in and tried harder. I tried harder. I made sure the kids were like somewhat fed before dinner. So they weren't cranky. And so I was doing all these things to manage, right? Manage someone else's feelings, manage my husband's feelings. And then it happened again. And then I was like, all right, well, clearly like, I don't know what, I don't know what happy is, but it's not now. Yeah. It's it's not happening now. And so we're going to need some help. And so I brought, we started seeing uh, our pastor at the time Mm. and started kind of digging into, and I'm going to be honest with you, feelings. I, I come from a very intellectual you are going to be an efficient, productive German, German American citizen mm. kind of family. Yeah. So everything, right? Everything, everything up here, and and not not a lot, not a lot down here. If, and I would find myself when when I didn't know what to do, and when I'd feel a little, I would call it shaky or off or not right. Sometimes I would let myself cry in the bathroom. Hmm. I couldn't bring myself to, to do it in front of any, anyone else. And thinking of safe spaces, I would also cry in my car, like after I dropped my kids off. And that was a safe space where no one else was there. I could lock the, lock the doors and, you know, I'd be in the parking lot of like the local grocery store and I would just cry. And I didn't know, I didn't know how to, categorize what was what was going on with me but it had it had to get out that and 30 30 some odd years of feelings started to come out and so then this leaving happened for a third time and captain captain i tried so many so many different ways to fit back in that matrix I, I, um, I talk about it in my book, there's some very funny ones that are very superficial. Um, but I just, I feel like I tried everything like new recipes, new clothes, new makeup, mm. working out like, and then the, the therapy and trying to have very well-behaved kids. My kids are great. They weren't real crier tantrumers. Mm. They did have occasional meltdowns, but you know, that's yeah. those kids. Yeah. And, um, Nothing a little goldfish can't fix. That's what I always used to say. <laughs> it's like, oh, you guys want some goldfish? Yeah. So, um, so there is this three-year journey into the waking up and the falling back asleep and the trying to, right? I was just trying so hard to fall back asleep because yeah. it was so, it's so comfortable in yeah. there, right? Yeah, yeah right? it's familiar, Yeah. But if that's what you're, I guess it's like, what is your goal, right? 
What's your goal? You're going, what you focus on expands. Mm. And so my goal was like, I got to be married to this guy. He's successful. I got the house. Mm. That's my goal. Right. So I'm going to keep trying to like knock myself up the head with a hammer to yeah. go back asleep. Yeah. I'm like literally giving myself the, the potion. And, and then, then I talk, uh, so in my memoir that is coming up that categorizes this whole air, this whole journey I took also, I realized the journey I took and what I was started to do during that period that I didn't realize until after, of course, I'd reflected on or written the book about that period was that I found support. Hmm. Sometimes we need those people in our lives who can mirror back to us who we are or who we could be mm -hmm. or show us a different perspective, open us a, a different door. So I found, I found a friend who was, I only had mom friends, right? Like the mom friends of my kids. Right. So, so I found someone who was like, just for me. Mm. And, and I hadn't, I hadn't had that. And I, I don't even know all my other friendships. I felt like they always had some other purpose, but this person, like we just supported each other and loved each other, no matter how many, many times we ugly cried in yeah. front of each other. <laughs> and we would like have wine and salad for lunch it was just like this amazing gift of like not having the cold Mac and cheese and nuggets yeah. of like actually feeding ourselves. Yeah. So, so I found that, that connection that I call it that cheerleader. And then I kept seeing, even when my, my husband at the time, when he stopped going to see the pastor, I kept going because he showed me a different way mm. to look right? To look at life. Like, Heidi, have you ever considered that? Like, whoa, I didn't know that was over there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I gathered, I gathered that support. And then um, I would say that I kept going down. Then I, then I kept going down the rabbit hole. I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go down this. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to stay awake and I'm going to figure, I'm going to figure this out because I know I'm not happy. Mm -hmm. And, and that was right. That's always the first, that's always the first thing that's always, it always seems like it's the biggest, mm. like getting to the point where you're like awake enough to say, yeah. I am uncomfortable. Yeah. I at no time ever, and I was reflecting on this, did I ever feel like I was going to be wielding a sword or a hero or a heroine? I just felt like I didn't want to feel like crap. Yeah. And I, I yeah. woke up enough to say, I want to know how to not yeah. feel like this. Yeah. And, and then the next step and then the next step and then the, the big hot mess of all the next steps. And then, you know, finally... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's never just like, all right, where's my armor? Let's go. Yeah. I had a healthy breakfast and I'm going to take this down. Yeah. Now, like personal development is not like a project. It's never, no. <laughs> it's never neatly packaged. No one ever like sends you a package and you unwrap it. You're like, oh, these are like the eight steps I need to take. And it's going to be. Yeah. It's going to look like this. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I love all of that. And, you know, especially the, the piece that you shared around those initial 
kind of stages for you where you noticed, you really started to notice, and I use the language of longing and discontent. So you notice mm-hmm. that discontent that like, and it was, it was bubbling, it was whispering and you had had a pattern of just like, we don't feel, we don't look at that. We don't, this is, you know, this is what we do. We're cognitive. We do the things. Okay. This was the goal, got the goal. Now make the goal work all in on it. But that part of you, that's like, we're not happy. There's more to life than this is like whispering, whispering, bubbling, bubbling. And, you know, I think it's really common when we first start to hear that voice, it's, it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. it's really uncomfortable and it's really common to actually want to go back to sleep because it's like you said, it's familiar. It's, it's kind of what we know. We have put so much of our life force into it. We've invested so much into this, this dream, this idea. And when we start to realize that maybe it's not what we thought it was going to be, or maybe it's not going to actually give us what we wanted, or we're not going to feel a certain way when we get it then those feelings really start to to emerge. And so, you know, I think another element there is sometimes we start and we know that where we are sucks <laughs> and it's really like, this is not working, but I have no idea. And for you, the language you used was happy. I have no idea what happy looks like. I just know that this is not it. Mm-hmm. And, and this is really, really hard and I don't want to be here anymore. And I don't know how to get over there. I don't know what there looks like, Mm -hmm. but I know there's got to be something better than this. Yes. Yes. And I, and I, I think of that, that transition, that transition period, right. From like, I'm not comfortable here over there is another, and literally another galaxy. Mm -hmm. So uh, I guess my spaceship would have been my car. (laughs) <laughs> I used my car as that, as that safe space. And I often found myself, so not, not knowing what feelings I had mm. when I would hang out with my friend, my friend who was just for me mm-hmm. and I would hang out and then I'd come back home in the morning and then she would text me. She's like, Heidi, that was beautiful. Thank you so much for that. And I was like, what did I do? Yeah. And um, and that, this is just after one beer because yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm a lightweight and, <laughs> and she, and she would send me back a poem mm. and, and I say, Oh yeah, I, I did write that. Sounds like, sounds like me, but that's, that's what I would do. I would just sit in that car and just connect mm. with that feeling without understanding what feeling it was, mm. but just giving that experience of, of whatever I was feeling at the time. And most of the time it was gratitude and love for being with my friend. And, and, and sometimes right underneath that was a whole, a whole lot of anger, mm. a whole lot of anger and resentment about my, my current situation and not knowing, right. Not knowing what to do and where to go. And then there'd be like, so you go through, like, you know, this whole roller coaster of emotion that I'd never let myself go on. And I think that was, that was one of the biggest pieces of that journey for me was to, to get comfortable with, with noticing and feeling and expressing my emotions, even though I had no idea what they were. Yeah. And I call it like eating my feelings parfait. 
Yeah. So just getting comfortable with saying like, all right, I got, I got eight pounds of angry peanuts here in my parfait. Okay. I'm just going to accept them. And then they're going to come out as this poem and, and just and then not letting them get stuck. Cause feelings just, I used to have migraines mm. all the time, all the time. And I think that that was my emotions just getting stuck in my head. Right. Because I was always rationalizing. I'm fine. Everybody's fine. I'm just going to have more coffee and everything is fine. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's okay. It's okay. Know, <laughs> I'm just going to iron these kids clothes, right. Ironing toddler clothes and baby clothes. I don't even know what I was thinking. Um, but you know, that's fine. The kids are going to be perfect again. And, and yeah, so putting down the iron, stopping scrubbing out the silverware drawer and yeah. picking up, getting in that car and picking up the pen and saying, all right, this is my space. This is my safe space. And, and I got stuff going on and I don't understand being of a very analytical background poems. I never studied poetry or anything. So that's, it was all new to me. I was like, I don't know. I don't even know if I want to consider these poems, but I'll just call them words with expressions in them. So how did you, so how did you start to feel the feelings, right? Because I, I think so for, for some people when they've had a pattern of just like stuffing them like really really just stuffing like we don't feel we stay kind of up here cognitively there can be a fear that when you start to feel you're never going to stop it's like right because you and for you you mentioned having you know 30 years of unexpected unexpressed emotion and so how did you start to allow yourself to feel whatever it was not even knowing what is this that's happening here so what was that that shift where you decided, okay, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm just gonna feel whatever it is. Was it a choice or, or was it kind of like, I have no, I have no choice here. It's just happening. Oh, wow. That's great question. So I think the fact that I surrounded myself with, with someone who loved me and accepted me for who I was Mm. I had someone who could show me a different perspective. And, and so I would definitely say between those two people in my life, mm. they showed me that, that I was okay. And I was going to be okay. Mm. Cause I didn't feel like I was going to be okay. Wow. Yeah. I felt like everything was just a big hot mess. And my whole life was just like yeah. falling apart. Yeah. And it was going to um, stay that way forever. Yeah. And it's it, what, what is now will be, will be eternal. And so just having those people there to say, to validate and say, these are, these are normal feelings. This, everything is, is normal and good. And this is like, this is you just, you know, reaching into another drawer right in your dresser. This is just another door in your house. This yeah. is not all of you. And it, yeah. it may consume you because this door hasn't been opened in yeah. 30 years. So it's going to be maybe a really big room. And it's got some stuff to say. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of stuff in there that's going to come out. It's kind of like you always see um, those cartoons when like the cartoon person opens the door in the haunted house and like people yeah. like scream at them and their hair yeah. blows back. So <laughs> that that's that fear, right? Like, oh my. Yeah. Oh. So um, yeah. So just having that, support of unconditional acceptance and, and not people around me who are going to rationalize it. Yeah. 
and, and, and shove it down. So just having that shift in, in support mm. made me feel it. Cause I, I would not have been able to do this without having, having that support. I, I've always believed in the back of my head. I was like, we were born with ears and a mouth. So we were meant to talk and listen mm-hmm. to other people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe that it's so much easier and this is from my own personal experience and what I see with people that I'm blessed to support is it's so much easier when you have a guide, when you have a mentor, when you have a coach, when you have, you know, a therapist or whatever it is, whoever mm-hmm. it is that you're working with, sometimes you're lucky to have friends. And sometimes when you start this work, your life, the life that's around you doesn't reflect who it is that you're becoming. So, mm-hmm. so if you don't have, so for people listening, if, if you're thinking, wow, I don't have anybody in my life right now like that, know that there are people out there. There are people out there. Yeah. Yeah. And know that it's going to be okay. Yeah. And you're, 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 you're worthy and loved of taking that step. And, and there, there's energy out there to, to match what, you know, where you want to go and, and no matter who you become, you know, just, yeah, just to find that love and acceptance. And it wasn't something that I was like, I'm going to find a friend today. It was like, I'm going to go hang out with my pastor today. Uh, so it's just, um, it organically mm-hmm. happened for me, but now that I see it, I intentionally make sure that I have those pieces mm-hmm. uh, with me as I continue, continue the, you know, the, the role to, you know, I, I call myself like, I'm an everyday superhero. I know how to save my day every day, but yeah. that's because I have the support. Yeah. I, I consciously choose to find people who lift me up and unconditionally love me and can offer me that different perspective. Like that trusted adult, right? Is so, so incredible to have. So just that sounding board and then someone who can say like, hmm, have you ever thought about this? Yeah. Like in- in my in a part of my journey, I had found a second friend, mm. and I got in a fight with my first friend. And I've never been in a fight with mm. a best friend before, and I was, as you could probably imagine, not having history of managing my emotions. I was I let myself go the complete opposite way. I just was distraught. I cried for like hours and hours. Mm. I, I didn't know what to do. I'm like because that was my friend. That was my one friend. And so my other friend called me and he's like, um, uh, Heidi, have you ever thought that you, you like Mary? And I was like, yeah, of course I like Mary. She's my best friend. Like I tell her everything and even inappropriate things. Cause we are just like besties yeah. and, you know, we're like girls weekends and all this stuff. But, um, and he's like, no, you really like her. And I was like, well, of course I spent like, you know, $15 on salads for her, like every other week for our play dates. I'm not going to go to buy a Panera salad for someone who I don't like. <laughs> right. I mean, serious. And, uh, and he's like, no, you really like her. Like, how do you really like, like, like her, like, like her. And I was like, what? So having, those, <laughs> having those trusted friends can really offer that. I'd never yeah. thought about that my whole life. I've been trying that's kind of like this star-shaped peg trying to fit in this square hole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Just so just having, you know, having that support is just, is so, is so critical. We're not meant to just be here alone. Yeah. And those people to mirror to us, right? Mm -hmm. To mirror and to see us in the fullness of who we are and who we could be as well. When sometimes we have a hard time seeing that for ourselves. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And when you get on that, that journey, then you start to realize, oh, maybe I am a verbal processor. So then the friends are even more important. You're like, I just need you to listen to all this crazy coming at you. I'll figure it out. You just got to stay with me. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So knowing yourself to that point is so, so helpful because we, when I talk with my, my wife, she's like, so do you want my input or you want me to listen this time? Mm. So it's just so important. Like, so I'm, you know, right off the bat, I set the attention. I was like, just listen to the crazy. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Can I get you a drink while you do that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that is a, um, such a powerful, I think, and key relationship tip is to be able to let your partner know what you need. Mm in the moment and to actually what I find is really helpful too is to do that before you're in that moment. So if the crazy is coming out, you want to kind of have set that up beforehand. Okay. So honey, when this happens, here's, here's a couple of options of what might, what I might need and I will let you know. So then they're kind of like, okay, I'm prepared. (laughs) I know how to handle this (laughs) and it relaxes their nervous system. And then you're more likely to get what you need in that moment. And then they feel good because they can be giving you what, what you need and be that loving partner. Yeah. Yeah. That totally, when you were, when you were sharing that, it reminded me of a, I don't know why a badminton match, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. all right, I'm going to serve underhand. So here you go. I'm going to lob it to you. Yeah. And then they're like, all right, so am I going to lob it back? Yes. All right. So we're going to have a nice versus today. I'm, I'm like, you know, so some days you're like, no, I'm going to smash it in your face and don't be offended. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> setting that expectation that it might be a spicy day <laughs> and I'm going to smash it in your face. And then I'm going to go in my car for a drive because the rest will come out Yeah. without you. Yeah. yeah so just having that, that it- expectation is so yeah. So powerful. And when I started, um, my, my parents never fought growing up. It was like, they didn't argue. There weren't raised voices unless my oldest brother was, um, probably eating too much, um, late night snacks, or he would like always smush this bread, all of our loaf of bread into like one piece. And then, then we wouldn't have any bread left for lunch the next day. Um, but other than that, like it was a peaceful, we had a very, very, very calm house. And so when I got into, into a space into my marriage, right. So I'd be very avoidant and placating. But mm-hmm. then when I started my relationship with my girlfriend and she would say, Hey, Hey, Heidi, let's, I need to talk with you about something tonight. And the, <sighs> so then I like started freaking out. I was like, Oh my God, she's going to break up with me. What did I do wrong? Oh meltdown, meltdown, meltdown. And then she'd be yeah. like, Oh, I just wanted to talk about dinner for the weekend. Oh. <laughs> wow. Like, I just wow, wasted that. a whole day of my life. Yeah. You know, at least the house is clean. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, those expectations are so, so vitally important in, in yeah. any close relationship, whether friendship or yeah. You know, yeah. Partnership. Mm. So, so looking back, you know, if you could kind of look back to the beginning of the process for you, that kind of waking up and really Mm -hmm. 
starting to discover what it is that you want for your life, who it is that you really truly are. If you could give yourself some advice or send a message, maybe, what might that be? Oh, I, I really feel for that, that Heidi. Um, I would tell her probably two things is one, you're gonna, you're gonna get through it no matter what it is. You're gonna be okay, no matter what. And because I didn't, I didn't ever feel like it was gonna be okay. Yeah. I felt like what I was doing was, uh, I was exploring myself at the cost of others. And, and then I was sacrificing my kids' happiness for what could be my happiness. And so I had all this, all this guilt around self-care or, or mm-hmm. taking time for myself. And then, and then if, I don't know if my, myself would, it would get through to her, but then I would say you are loved. Mm-hmm. And um, because I certainly was at a, point where I did not, I was more in the self-loathing category. And I felt, I felt, I I just felt so normal. I'd so normalized sacrificing that sacrificial role. That was, I'm going to wear this, you know, I'm going to just be, keep carving this pound of flesh off. Because that is what is expected of me. I'm not expected to feel good. I'm expected to give of myself until, until it hurts. Mm. So, and so I wouldn't have been able to comprehend that. And I haven't used the self-love. It took about maybe nine to 10 years of it, of a journey to get to that point where I could say, I love myself. Mm. Mm. And so, yeah, so that's a whole other Jabberwocky sure. Yeah. Was there, you know, as you, as you started to notice the self-sacrificing pattern and I, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about this in the pre-show that that can be pretty common for women where we have this idea that we need to give all of ourselves for other people. And so when you first started to really notice that that was showing up and that, that maybe it wasn't working for you, did you feel like, oh, I must be doing something wrong or there's something wrong with me? Or did you, did you, were you able to kind of go to, oh, well, this is kind of a messed up belief system in general. Well, that's kind of a perspective that I I would not have had that time. Um, I, I went, uh, so being so codependent, I took so much stock in what the people around me thought. Mm. And so at that time, I was so encouraged, right? To step into this place where I can take care of myself. I can take the time. I can take the the resources and the space to take care of myself. But every single step had guilt. Every, every single time that, that I, I did that, like, oh my God, can I like put my kids down for the night and go see my friend? Mm. Like, and so I'd be like stockpiling like books and, and all this stuff for like my husband to do in case they like woke up. 
uh, and needed like a cup of water or yeah. they needed like their CD put on or yeah. so no part of that part of my journey was no step was taken without guilt mm. that I hadn't yet figured out mm. that, that piece, but I leaned in my, my, my pastor and my friends and, and uh, at that time, uh, I had met Stacy, so they all said, "Well, Heidi, this this is not right. You deserve to take time for yourself and do this." So I was only able to do the self care mm-hmm. because I had surrounded myself with people who knew what it was possible, like what it was like on the other side. And yeah. so I just kind of did a a trust fall. Yeah. So having having that support. Um, yeah. So I had, uh, that guilt, the guilt is something that it's a, that's a big job of walking and it doesn't go away lightly. So it took me many more years to get yeah. beyond that. I think that's such an important point is that as we're on this journey, as we're taking action sometimes, and especially at the beginning, it could be feeling really hard. We could be feeling really guilty. We could be feeling really afraid, right? And mm-hmm. and not to say that that is, is a definite. That's why I said it, it could be, maybe, right? There's a possibility. Mm-hmm. So for, for my listeners, knowing that if you're feeling that, knowing that that's actually part of the process and that you're in the right and perfect place doesn't mean you're not doing it right. Doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. Doesn't mean it's not going to work. It's, it's just part of the process. It's just mm. part of the process. Mm. Yeah. That's so so Heidi, what is your, you know, what is your next level kind of of growth or what's that green growing edge for you? And, you know, I believe that we are always on this journey of evolution mm. and becoming and, and as we, you know, especially at the beginning parts, it's, it's, can feel a little bit more challenging. Um, and then as we kind of develop our competencies or capacity or our belief, our, our sense of self-worth, it gets easier, but there's always an, an edge that we're like, Oh, okay. Well, there's some, you know, there's some growth here for me. So what would that be for you? So, so I've, and within the last year, I've, I've stepped into being the joy and mindfulness storyteller, and I've written a book. And so I'm, I'm sharing my creative gifts with the world. And I think just tied in with this whole idea of like, as, as a woman, I was brought up to be a giver and right. And so when we start receiving, we, we feel that guilt and we're like, and so we're just so used to, to giving. And mm-hmm. so that edge for me is to fully embrace the abundance and the receiving, receiving mm-hmm. part. I receive love and abundance and gratitude and joy on a daily basis, even in an open concept house during the pandemic with two grumpy teenagers, <laughs> so much abundance and so much love. And, and I've been, I guess I've been through so many learning moments that the pandemic was not a learning moment for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, I was ready. I was like, Oh, this is exactly what I need. This is lovely. I'm going to, I'm going to start writing and it's going to be, um, this is, this is what, what I need to do. Mm. Uh, but yeah, just being able to eliminate, I think I have some gender expectations around, uh, men being the, the breadwinners and the earners and 
being one of uh, a two woman couple. So yeah. we obviously don't have the male breadwinner between yeah. us. <laughs> so yeah. So just getting open to receive mm. that. Um, I already have been thinking, I, I have been kind of thinking about it, but it's been showing up in like in every single book that I read in the last five months, there's a piece like, do you know how to receive abundance? Do you know about money and how to receive? So, um, so I'm, I'm ready. I'm kind of ready to, to say like, all right, all right, Jabberwocky, I see you. And, yeah. and I'm going to figure out what kind of armor I need this time. Cause, and so I'm, once again, I'm like, all right, I'm going to need support. This is the support that I need. Yeah. And yeah. And so I found while the book, I wrote it in, in pure joy, I also wrote a companion workbook that goes through this process of like the support and figuring out how to feel your feelings and what those are and uh, figuring out kind of like how to peel that inner, inner onion. Like what are the more inside pieces of you versus the pieces where, you know, the roles you play on the outside as, mm. you know, as a entrepreneur, as a, as a writer, as a, as a woman, as a volunteer, a mom. So, um, so yeah, the, that'll also be um, with the book, but. And so, but yeah, when, so the, when does your book come out? So I am um, hoping to have the book come out in late winter, 2022. So okay. yeah, a few okay. months. Ago. And so for, for people who are listening and they're like, I want to hear about this. I want to know when it's coming out, they can go to your website and sign up for your, is it a weekly tips that you do? Yes. Yes. So okay. they can go to HeidiEster.com and they can uh, sign up and get the free, a free jumpstart to joy guide, which is Ooh. six goofy, goofy exercises to get you into uh, receiving, receiving those little tidbits, uh, snippets mm. of joy uh, oh. in your life. And yeah. And so every week I have, an encouraging message and it'll either have an uh, empowering conversation or a, a very relatable story. Nice. And uh, I, I do put my in, uh, information on all the book stuff in there, as well as on my Facebook Heidi Esther author page. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I will, those will be in the show notes. So for people listening, you can find those links in the show notes and um, yeah. So Heidi, any, any last bits that you would love to share anything needing to be spoken into the space. Oh, I just, I just really want to impress that, that if you're listening and no matter where you are or what you're doing, you are a human being and you are worthy and you deserve joy hmm. because you are. Ah, hmm. <sighs> And just receiving that. Mm, beautiful. Thank you. And so thank you so much, Heidi, for joining me today. And thank you to all of my wonderful, amazing listeners. I love you all so much. I'm so grateful for you. And uh, as always, you can support the podcast by giving it a review and a rating and sharing it with your tribe. And until next time, have an amazing, amazing week. Mm -hmm.